0: Good morning, welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you and have you here today. Can we welcome our Appleton campus, our online campus, Germantown campus, everybody, wherever you're joining us from today? We are delighted that you are joining us and are with us. And so today is a great weekend. Uh, today is to celebrate something very special at Life Church. It was 16 years ago today. That 35 people, this band of lion chasers, as I call them, met at Germantown High School and Life Church began. And so then, from the, over the last 16 years, it's kind of gone downhill from there since I became the pastor. But it's, God has just done some amazing, amazing, amazing things. And uh, one of the things that I think is incredible is the number of people that regularly attend Life Church that really experienced life change here. Uh, They might have been raised in church to some degree, but no relationship with Christ. And so they've come in and they've experienced this life-changing, amazing grace uh, and, and given their life to Christ. And God has just done some amazing things in their lives and just total change. And so today we kind of celebrate that. And with that, it's a special weekend. I'm not doing a series today. This is kind of what I call a standalone message. Typically we do series. And we're going to begin one next weekend called More Than a Fan. And I hope you'll be back. It's going to be a four-week series that we're going to be doing. And we're going to talk really what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be a fully devoted, fully engaged passionate follower of Jesus Christ, and what's the benefits of that. Along with this series, we've invited a, a friend, KGB, who is the all-time leading sacker for the Green Bay Packers. He'll join us on October 8th and 9th. It's just a special Friends Weekend. He's going to be here. Uh, I'm gonna, I just want him to tell his life change story uh, about when he came into the NFL, and he came in as a devout Muslim, and God did a 180 in his life, and he gave his life to Christ, and And just has an amazing testimony. I'm going to interview him for part of that. And you're going to get to meet him and all of that. So I hope that you'll be here for that series. And and bring friends. Uh, this will be a series that you can really bring friends. It's very much geared with that person that is kind of on the edge, kind of on the on the fence, and especially the KGB weekend. Because sometimes people will talk or hear from a professional athlete or from someone that they have name recognition uh, that they may never hear from from you or from me, and God can do a work in their life. And we're believing that that many, many, many people, that dozens of people, hundreds of people, will come to Faith in Christ that weekend uh, because of that. So we'll be arming you with, with uh, invite cards that you can invite people it's an easy way your office neighborhood friends family just say hey we've got this special weekend love to have you come there's also going to be a tailgate party you can have a packer weekend without a tailgate party amen no okay I'm looking at you people and I know you haven't skipped any meals amen you're like me oh it's true so hey I'm a gut brother just from one brother to another listen don't ever trust skinny people when it comes to food amen Right? I don't, ever, don't. There's only a couple skinny people I even take their advice on food, and uh, everybody else, not really. So, so anyhow, so we're gonna have a tailgate party. It's gonna be a great time that weekend. It's gonna be a big, big, big fun time. You're gonna want to be here. But that's what we're doing starting next weekend. Today, I want to go back to a message, and it's been two, three years ago since I've preached this, and I will preach and come back to this. On a regular basis. Uh, and the reason being is because it's fundamental of who we are. And I think even on this weekend where we are kind of celebrating this 16 year. And I think it's important to go back to fundamentals. Um, it was uh, it's one of those things that you just kind of, you can easily kind of grow and feel like you are gone away from. And uh, it's important. Coach Wooden who pastored, excuse me, who pastored, who coached. Uh, uh, he he would start every season with his players and would teach them how to properly lace up their high tops. These are college players, one of the winningest, if not the winningest uh, NCAA coach in history. He would start that basic. And I think it's important that we kind of sometimes go back to fundamentals of, why we're here and what we're doing, and so if you're new to Life Church today, this will really be a great, a great um, kind of a good message for you. If you've been here for a long time, this will be a great refresher. And and but I'm going to t- say something at the very end that I think is really important that applies to most of us in the room. So today I want to talk to you about the table, and uh, there's a table actually right here on the platform behind me, and I'm going to get to this in just a minute. But the table is the church is a table where people come to be fed. The church is a table where people come to be fed. Now, is it any surprise to you that I'm going to talk about table and eating today? No, it should not be. Is it any surprise to you that it is, it's one of the core values at Life Church? No, because here's the reason why. You see in Scripture that the table is the place, especially in the New Testament, where Jesus did most of his conversations. There's over two dozen times in the Gospel of Luke alone where Jesus is at the table. He's going to the table. He's, re, he's leaving the table after having a life change experience. Jesus talks about protocol at the table. We're not talking about etiquette of which fork or which knife do you begin with first. But we're talking about the, the, the how do I sit, how do I approach, what should be. It's interesting to me too that Jesus tells us to commemorate his death until he comes and he calls it the table, the Lord's table, communion. The, the, the bread that represents the body of Christ that was broken for us and the blood which represents the, 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 his, his, the, the cup which represents the blood which is the shedding of his blood, which is the remission of our sins. So it's all about the table. And I mean, I can give you theology all the way back to the Old Testament. Because why? The table represents relationship. You don't sit and eat with people that you don't like typically. You don't spend time around a table on a regular regular basis with people you don't care about. Uh, The table is a very relational place. The table is a very personal place. But the table is a place where transformation takes place. And so the church is the table where people come to be fed. And people are hungry. I think people are more hungry today than they've ever been before. Because people are coming every single weekend looking for hope, looking for answers, looking for assurance. Some of you today, you've had some really bad news this week. And what you're hoping for is that in the context of this time at the Appleton campus or logging in online or here at the Germantown campus, you're hoping that something will be said or that there will be some experience that you will encounter so that there will be a peace that God will give you. There will be some hope that will be given to you. Some of you are here today and and, and you're looking for answers. You're you're, you're asking some very difficult questions about eternity and about your eternal life. And is God really real? Is Jesus really the Son of God? And you're hoping, you're looking for that. Some of you, you're wrestling with your own junk. You're wrestling with your own sin. And we all have this. None of us are righteous, the Bible says, not even one of us. There's only one that was perfect. His name is Jesus. The rest of us, we have to live on that amazing grace. But you're wrestling with this because the things that you don't want to do, you keep going back to. And the things that you do want to do, it seems like it's so hard. And you feel like, because this is what the enemy of your soul wants you to think, that you're the only person that deals with this. I deal with it. Everybody in this room deals with it. If you knew the amount of stuff that people in this room were dealing with and wrestling with, it probably would be comforting to, to us and very staggering at the same time. Why? Because we're humans. We're, we're this, this redeemed spirit that's inside of us, God saves our soul, but we're left in this, this flesh. And the book of Galatians says that there's this war that goes on between our flesh and between our spirit. And until we get to heaven, that war is never going to completely cease or desist. There is victory in Jesus, but there's this struggle. And so some of you are here and you're looking for assurance. And you're trying to get back on track and you're trying to get back on page. The reality is... We're hungry. We're hungry. I'm just gonna tell you if the church in America were putting a full service meal on the table, it wouldn't be empty. Because growing churches in America are growing at a faster rate than we ever have in the history of our country. But dead, declining churches are declining and dying faster than they've ever died. Why? Because people's need, their hunger, their desperation is greater than it's ever been. Because we live in a world where really none of us are like, whoa, we have no hope for tomorrow except through Christ. And so it's our responsibility as a church to be a place where people can be fed. Jesus addresses this in John's Gospel chapter 6. He says it this way. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. I like that. I don't like to be hungry. Amen. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. That's why you're here today. You don't need me to serve up some political leftover meal that you've heard all week. You don't need me to show up and talk about, you know, five great tips of how to be a happy person because it doesn't last. Happy is a euphoric, emotionally-based theory that really is never consistent in anybody's life. Joy will get you through the dark times, but happiness comes and goes. Amen. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. The reality is, is Jesus says, hey, I'm the bread of life. Interesting that he likens himself as unto food. I'm telling you, I get more spiritual all the time. Amen. And if you come to me, you'll never go hungry or thirsty. I'm in. And so every weekend at Life Church, we present this bread of life to serve the seeker and to build the believer. Every time we present a weekend service or a gathering, we're there to serve the seeker, that person that's looking for truth, or looking for answers, or far away from God, and we're here to build the believer. It's not an either or. A lot of churches, it's they're all just about the believer. So man, we're just here to build the believer and I hope the seeker gets it. And there's a lot of internal language and inside language. No, 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 no. We every weekend. I hope that my preaching is so simple that everybody gets it. I've had people walk out after the service and say, man, you're like preaching for dummies. I'm like, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, I understand it. Here's the reality. You know, I'm, I'm an educated individual. I know I have a southern accent and I'm from Arkansas. And I'm glad to have a full set of teeth and shoes. And how about that double overtime win over T- TCU yesterday? Just saying. Don't hate me because you hate me. Anyhow, so, but my point is, is that, is that I, I, I'm educated and I have, I have, you know, advanced degrees from seminary and I'm, I'm working, I'm midway through my doctorate right now and, and, and I'm all about that. And we could sit and talk about some deep theological stuff, but who cares? That doesn't pay the bills on Monday. It doesn't help you deal with your kid on Tuesday. It doesn't get you through the office on Wednesday. It doesn't help with your marriage. that's falling apart on Thursday. It doesn't deal with the hopelessness on Friday. No, it's real simple, people. It's Jesus and him crucified. And so every single weekend as we come together, it's not just about the believer. It's not just about trying to give you and wow you. and I can't do that. But it's about thinking. Every single person that's here that's been saved longer than I've been alive, Am I bringing something from Scripture? Am I challenging them? Am I challenging you to do the work of ministry? Am I equipping you to go out and live this life for Jesus in the world? And for people that are far away from God, am I presenting a gospel that's true? But at the same time that's wrapped in grace? That's who Jesus was. That's why sinners were so attracted to him. That's why I've never understood why church people that are off putting to sinners think that's a good thing. Jesus wasn't. The number one critic that the religious establishment of his day had against him is that he was a friend of sinners. Are you a friend of sinners? How many sinner friends do you have? Woo, don't get me shouting. All right, here we go. So, how do we set this table at Life Church? Well, I'm gonna move over here to the table if that's all right, because I think it's important that we understand that first of all, if you're going to have a dinner party, you're going to set a table, first of all, there's preparation. Preparation. You got to prepare for the meal. Preparation. And so we go back to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 37, when Jesus said this, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers or the laborers are few. He goes on to say, Pray therefore that the Lord of the harvest will send workers. And so, the idea here is every single uh, week, every time that we are preparing this table, we do this with a philosophy here, preparation at Life Church, called serve and be served. Serve and be served. If you're a regular Life Church attender, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and this is your church home, this is your community of faith, whether you're in Appleton, whether you are at Germantown, it doesn't matter which campus, if you're there, the reality is, is that you need to, first of all, find a place to serve. Find a ministry that resonates with you, and here's the beautiful thing at Life Church: we're not asking for a certain amount of time or a certain amount of skill set, and we're not trying to put you in the box. You tell us what is it that you're passionate about, then it's our responsibility, the Life Church staff, it's our responsibility to help you find a place to plug into. Whether you've got an hour a week, 30 minutes a week, whether you've got five hours a week, 15 hours a week, 20 hours a week. Whatever it is, whether your passion is, is serving uh, uh, on the platform or whether it's completely behind the scenes, whether it's on the weekends or it's during the week, it doesn't matter. There's a place for you to serve. And so we want you to serve. Because here's the reality. If we don't serve, we become the, like the Dead Sea. Last, last November, I took a group of Life Churches uh, with me to Israel, and we went to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea, it's dead because nothing really comes in and nothing goes out. And so it's just this sedentary water that has built with, with this amazing amount of salt that you literally can float. Even someone my size can float. I know it's amazing. And they've got this mud that's supposed to be therapeutic. So, again, you get in this and you've got this mud all over you. And the only person that had a camera was Pam Gable. And I said, Pam, if these pictures see the light of day, I know where you live. But it's dead because nothing flows out. It's a reservoir, not a river. And when you in your own spiritual life become a reservoir and not a river, when you become a place that's just a consumer and it's all about you and you're not serving, God's not flowing through you, you become dead. Every dead, dying church in the world... Is that way because they refuse to serve the community in which they live. They, re- they refuse to reach out beyond their own borders. They refuse to minister to people. And it's all about them, it's all about their hurts and their pains. It's all very inward. But when you choose to be a river, you choose to let God minister to you and then you pass that ministry on to someone else. You choose to let God bless you and then you in turn bless other people. When God begins to work through you, when God knows if he can, if he can get it through you, he will always get it to you. When you're like that, when you are serving, life happens. Life happens. The local church is here to seek and save that which is lost. Jesus said of himself, he was not here for the found but for the lost. And so we want you to find a place to serve. And it's also important that you find a place to be served. I understand that. You need to have an opportunity on a regular basis where you are able to sit at the table and be served. And there's a place for you. You should have a, a weekend service on a regular basis where you're able to be ministered to. You should not be serving every weekend to the point that you get out of the flow of what God's doing. And be ministered to through worship, through preaching, through prayer. It's very important. This isn't either or, it's a both and. So that's the preparation. The presentation, how do we present? What's the meal that we are presenting? It's what Paul says to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. We preach Christ and him crucified. That's simple. Jesus said he's the bread of life. So it's our responsibility to serve up Jesus hot and fresh. Every weekend, hot and fresh in every single gathering. And we do this with the seeker in mind. We do this. It's called being guest-oriented. If you came to my home and you had dinner with Tammy and I and, and, and you were there, we would make sure that the dirty clothes were picked up. We'd make sure that the clean clothes that are on the couch that we are going to fold later are going to be picked up. I would make sure that, that my office was picked up. We'd make sure that the house smelled good. We'd make sure that the lawn was cut and that the, and that the sidewalk was clear. We, we would do all of that. We would make sure that we weren't in our, like I would be in my old gym shorts and, and an old ragged out uh, Razorback t-shirt. No, 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 no. If you're going to come to my house for dinner, I'm going to be dressed. But if it's just you drop by on Tuesday night. When Ava's done with volleyball practice and 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 Tammy's been running around and I've been in meetings all day, I'm telling you. You may see me shirtless, which is something most people don't see. And that's a good thing. I'm telling you, if I ever get the body that I want, I'm preaching without my shirt on. I'm just saying right now. I don't think anybody has anything to worry about. It. All right. But I'm gonna be in my old t-shirt, my shorts. I my, I don't care you know what I'm saying, just like doing this, things are going to be laying around piles and stuff and we're, because it's just us, that's how a lot of churches do church, it's just us, so we don't really care, no, we care, so we're going to make sure that we are presenting this table every single weekend for people who have never come to church, when I'm preaching a message or the staff is preaching a message or we do a weekend service, we constantly look at the language. We, we do what we call, we watch game tape. We watch preaching. We watch the worship. We watch the transitions. We evaluate the video. And we go, that was too churchy. If you're not inside church, you don't understand what that person just said. If it's inside language, you, we, you don't get it. Uh, uh, that, that, that transition in worship, you were saying things and, and you're asking people to do things. that If they're not followers of Christ, how are they going to respond to that? And what about, the wor- what, what about the quality of what we do? How clean are the toilets? How clean are the bathrooms? What does a sidewalk look like? I mean, we, we look at that. Are there weeds? What about this? What about that? Is this cut? Is this edge? Does this look right? Does this smell right? How does it smell when you go in the early childhood rooms? It, d- does it smell like dirty diapers or does it smell fresh? We want it to smell fresh, amen? I mean, we, we just we walk through every single thing. Why? Because we understand there are people that are coming for the very first time. And we want them to have an amazing experience. That's how we pr- prepare. That's what we present. But let me say this. We preach Christ and him crucified. What does that mean, Pastor? That means this. We don't back down on the truth. I don't get to write the Bible. Listen, there are parts of the Bible I'd like to change. That whole thing about gluttony, I, I don't, you, how, many, how many times I preach on gluttony? Not a whole lot. <laughs> and there are parts of the Bible you don't like. That's okay. That's what strengthens us, right? That's what stretches us. And our weakness is where God's... Perfection resides in our lives. It's not in our strengths. So, so the reality of the matter is simply this. We're not going to back down. If the Bible deals with it, we're going to deal with it. If the Bible's silent on it and gives grace on it, then we're going to do the same. Is everybody welcome at the table? Oh, yeah. But we're not changing our message because we didn't write the book. Look, we lean so heavily on God's word that if it were to move, we would fall. And we all understand this, that there was only one that was perfect, one that was righteous. His name is Jesus. And the rest of us need that grace. So let me move now to the invitation. Who gets invited around the table? Who gets invited to sit around the table? Well, you can see there's four chairs. And I believe that every healthy church is built in thirds. So the first chair here is the center chair. Isn't that amazing? That's red like the devil, like hell. (laughs) going to burn, just giving you a hard time. It's the red chair. Red's actually my favorite color. The red chair. This chair represents a third of people that attend Life Church that are far away from God and that are yet to come to faith in Jesus Christ. I love people that sit in this chair. The day these there are no more people sitting in this chair is the day I don't want to pastor this church. Why? Because if our church is just for the frozen chosen, if we're just a bunch of navel-gazing, kumbaya, go-to-hell world Christians, who are we? We're not some country club. We're not some exclusive group. No, 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 no. We won't back down on our message. We're going to call sin, sin. But everybody is welcome. Jesus was known to be a friend to people that sat in this seat. And there are people that come in and they need a few weeks or a few months to kick tires on this faith in Jesus Christ because they've seen such hypocritical activity that they just don't know how to reconcile some of it. And so they need to come in and go, are these people real? Are these people authentic? What about that guy that's speaking, the the pastor? What's his story and what's his deal? And is this really life-changing? Does Life Church really offer life change? Yes. But they need some time to sit here. So we welcome them. We invite them, and their kids may bring them, their parents may bring them, a spouse may bring them, a coworker may bring them, a friend may bring them, crisis may bring them. There are some of you here in this room today, you are sitting in this seat. You're at the Appleton campus, and you're sitting in this seat. And the reality is, we welcome you. I think a healthy church has a third of its people that are cocaine snorting, skirt chasing, half lit people. That's read, read the scripture. That's who Jesus spent time ministering to: the publicans and the sinners, and 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 the and the prostitutes and the parties. Matthew, who will go on to write the book of Matthew. Matthew is one who Jesus radically sees his life change, and he invites him to one of his dinner parties, which was Buck Wild. I know that's the Aaron Cole version, but read it. That's why they had such a problem with him. And do I say we're going to throw Buck Wild parties at Life Church? No. Am I going to go to the bar and get drunk with you? No, I'm not going to involve myself in the middle of your sin. But what I am going to say is if you're here today and you're still buzzed from yesterday, welcome. I love you. Jesus loves you. Amen. And so that's, that's healthy, folks. That's healthy. Because I didn't grow up in a church like that. I grew up in a church where you had to act like a Christian, look like a Christian. Then you had to sign the card saying that you were a Christian. Then maybe we'll let you join the church. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Contrary mo frere. That's what'll kill people. We are going to be a place that's going to love people. We're an emergency room. We're an ER. We're triage for people that are hurting. Amen. I'm going to preach. All right. Green chair. This is the newbie. This is the person that's new to their faith in Jesus Christ. They've just moved from the red chair to the green chair. See that's the idea that we move around the table. Move from the red chair to the green chair, or they're just new to the life church community. Maybe. They moved here from a different city, and they've been attending church for a long time. Maybe they're a mature Christ follower, but they're just kind of new and trying to figure it out. And every local church has a little bit different way of, 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 of doing things. And so they're new to the faith community. There's a large number of people that sit in this seat. A lot of people sit in this seat at Life Church. And I love people that are new in their faith in Christ. I love when they a- ask questions. I, I love when, when, when they kind of will just sometimes their own humanity will come out and, 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 and things will happen and, and they get embarrassed. It's like, no, you're learning. You're learning. This is what it's all about. None of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We all have bad days. We all say things we wish we couldn't say. We, we all have, you know, we just deal with our own stuff, with our own. own. love these people. Most inquisitive group at the church. They're brand new, man. They're green and they're new. A healthy church should have a third of people that are new, that are vibrant, that are doing that. And then the third chair here is that a healthy church should have a third of its faith community that's here. This is the mature Christ follower, the gold chair, the mature Christ follower. This is the person who they've had a, they have a very solid relationship with Jesus Christ. Are they perfect? Not at all. Matter of fact, they're probably more aware of their own depravity than anybody else sitting around the table. So really, in in essence, a person that sits here, they they do four things. First of all, they're a regular weekend attender. This is their church. may or may not be a member. It's okay. That's not what constitutes this seat. But they're a regular attender. This is their church home. This is where they are. This is where they attend. This is where they bring their family if they're married and have kids, whatever. This is it. Secondly, the people that sit in this seat, they're involved in, in life groups. It doesn't matter, fall, spring, they're, they're involved. They're, summer, they're involved in life groups. They may not be hosting or leading a life group, but they're involved in the community of life groups. Third, these people are involved in ministry. They're serving somewhere. They may only serve for an hour a week. It may be why they're here on a weekend service, but they actually apply that serve and be served uh, philosophy that we have here at Life Church, And so they're serving somewhere. And the fourth thing that this, this person does that sits in this seat is that they tithe. They, they understand that God is the blessor in their life and that they are blessed because of him. And so they do what the word of God says. They bring the 10% of their income and they give it. And most of the time, the people that sit in this seat don't just bring the tithe, which is 10% of what they make. But they also turn around and they give to missionaries and they give to special projects as are presented from time to time. That's who sits here. We don't have a church without people that sit in this seat. The people that sit in the red chair will never have an opportunity to hear the gospel without people that sit in this seat. Valuably important. And then the fourth chair is uh, what I call the food dude. That's me, the senior pastor. Again, is that any surprise to you? It's the person that sits in this chair that serves up the bread of life hot and fresh every single week. It's my responsibility as a senior pastor to make sure that I'm serving the seeker and building the believer. It's my responsibility to make sure that this table has been set. It's my responsibility to make sure that people that are far away from God and people that are new in their faith and people that are mature in their faith have this connection and are growing spiritually. And that there are opportunities for them to serve and opportunities for their needs to be ministered to. And I'm gonna tell you, I've been sitting in this seat for almost 14 years. And I'm honored to sit here. It is an honor to be your pastor. You are an amazing group of people. I I could not. There has there is, I'm just telling you, you are an incredible group of people. And Tammy and I don't take lightly the opportunity. And the blessing that you are to us and to our families. You've never done anything that my kids would look at you and go, I hate the church. You've never done anything that would ever cause my family to go, I hate ministry. Quite to the contrary. Your incredible generosity to us. Your overwhelming kindness to us. Your grace when we make mistakes It's so humbling. I can't even begin to tell you how much we love you and we thank God for you. And I am surprised that you come back week in and week out. Because I just know me. And as I sit in this seat, and whoever sits in this seat, it's their responsibility to serve you. You're not here for me. I'm here for you. The staff... They're an extension of this seat. They're an extension of the senior pastor. They're not an extension of Aaron Cole. Aaron Cole just simply occupies this chair. They're an extension of the senior pastor. So when they show up at the hospital or they show up at your home or they show up in visitation or they show up to minister to your family, they show up to minister to you. They have a meeting with you. It is though I am there because I, they, I'm not Jesus, right? I'm not, I'm not present. I can't be at all places at all times. Neither can they. But together we have a responsibility to serve you, to make sure your needs are ministered to, to make sure that we're here as a church family to pray with you and to spur you on and to help you. And we're honored to sit here. So you would hear this and you'd say, man, what is all this about? It's all about life change. All of this, the table, it's about life change. Why I sit in this seat? It's about life change. Why I want people lost far away from God is about life change. What I'm seeing with the growth of the people in this green chair, and they're new in their faith, new to the life church community, it's about life change. People that are mature in their faith, it's about life change. They and I get to link arms together to minister to the other two people at this table. See, I have the best seat in the house. Because I get to sit here every weekend and see lives change and families put back together and God bring hope and assurance and answers to questions that I can't answer. And the people that sit in this chair, the greatest thing I can give you Is that the view from this seat is unlike any other seat? Because it's one thing to experience the amazing grace, that's powerful. It's another thing to grow in the amazing grace, but when God flows through you, a finite, limited individual human being, and He touches a person in this seat, and He develops a person in this seat, purpose is created. See, this is something your money can't buy. This is something that your status can't buy. You'll never get enough square footage to fill this. You'll never have enough of a car to fill this. You'll never have enough of anything in this world to fill this. The only thing that can fill that is the unconditional love of Christ that you experience when you sat in that seat and you moved to that seat. That you grow in as you grow in that seat. But when you sit in this seat next to me, you get to see the most intoxicating, powerful thing that God can give us. And that is seeing life change happen in people. I'm telling you, that's why I want you in the seat. That's why I want you growing, because this is amazing to be able to see God do it over and over and over again, and He's doing it. So this week I sat down and I looked at the numbers and I looked at things at Life Church because you may go, well, what's happening? Well, the people that are in the red chair, there are there are uh, there were uh, 1,487 first-time guests. In the last 12 months alone at Life Church, there were more first time guests in the last 12 month period than ever in any 12 month period in the history of our church. What does that mean? That means that God is speaking to people's hearts and He's sending them to us. Unless the Holy Spirit draws, no one comes to repentance. So, yes, you're inviting and you're investing in people, and, the, and but but the Holy Spirit's drawing them. 1,487. I have cards that have never been to a life church service ever before that came in the last 12 months. Of those people that came, 527 of those people made decisions for Christ. 527. Do you understand that the average church in America sees no one come to faith in Christ? Zero. Big fat goose egg. Do you understand that the average church in America only runs between 80 to 120 people? 527 people came to faith in Christ last year. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, everything's great. Let's just go home, right? No, it's not. Because here's the reality. Here's the deal. Today, in this seat, there are 900 adults that regularly attend Life Church that sit in this seat. Now, that's good from the perspective of there are. There's a season where you need to sit in the seat. We've all sat here. You need to grow in your faith. You need to develop that. But there's about 200 of you that are sitting in this seat that need to move to the gold seat. Because you know how many people that sit in the gold seat there are at life church? Less than 12%. There's less than 12% of people that tithe at life church. Less than 12% of people regularly attend, attend a life group, and have a ministry. And I'm not asking what you did five years ago or six years ago. You know, the reality is, I've taken this thing as far as I can. I have served. I brought up the bread of life, hot and fresh, every single weekend. I pray. But experts, statisticians, people that deal with church growth and church health, Will tell you that the size Life Church is today is as big as any one single pastor can lead. A pastor, based on sheer, just sheer um, preaching and loving and grit, can grow a church to where we are right now. And it's a great church, but there's still a lot of people that are sitting in this seat. God's still sending almost 1,500 people annually to our church and this isn't some big production we just don't do that, we do average weekend attendance, average weekend services we try to keep everything consistent every single weekend the only way this is going to change and we're going to continue to grow and minister to people and see people come in, because God won't keep sending us people if we're not going to be good stewards of them, he'll send them other places parable of the talents don't think life church just because we're great today will always be great I can take you to a lot of places that used to be great and they lived on their old glory and there's a handful of people there today. I can take you to churches that when I moved to town 14 years ago were flagship churches in Milwaukee and today there's a handful of people in them. Why? Because people forgot about lost people and they wanted to sit in this seat and they thought they were here but they were right here. You can't build a great church where 12% of the people are tithing. You can't build a church where only 12% of the people are, are going to be involved in the ministry and in serving. So, what's the key, Pastor? I need 200 of you that are sitting in this seat that know you need to step up in your faith and you need to be involved and give of yourself, of your time and your talent and your treasure, and move to this gold seat. That's the reality. I'm telling you it's the best seat in the house. I'm telling you that the that the change to get here, God will do things in your life that only he can do in this seat. I'm telling you to be able to see lives change, to see these two groups of people uh, develop will be amazing. But we got to go from consuming to giving. We've got to go from adolescence to reproduction. Because the reality is when I I'm 8 and 9 and 10 years of age. I'm in my adolescence period. I'm growing and I'm going through jeans and I'm going through shirts and I'm going through shoes faster than my mother can buy them. But there becomes a point in time where I become a man and I don't grow any taller. And what happens with that is I have the ability to reproduce myself and these people and in these people. That's what I'm doing every week. And so today I'm asking you to simply make a decision. What seat are you sitting in? Maybe you're far away from God and you go, whoa, this guy is straight up legit. Like no punches pulled. Whatever he has, I want that. It's Jesus. And you may make a decision today to follow Christ. There are 200 of the 900 that sit in that seat that I need. There are more of you that need to move from that seat to the gold chair. But I have to have 200 of you. We're fully staffed. We're doing everything we can. We're running at high optimum levels. But the reality is, we don't have a money problem. We don't have a facility problem. We don't have a great church problem. We have a we need workers. So, what does Jesus say? Matthew 9, pray the Lord of the harvest. And I'm telling you, I've been praying. So today, you have this Activate card. If you're at the Appleton campus, you were handed this as you walked in. If you're in the Germantown campus, it's in the seat pocket in front of you. Just simply lean forward to the seat pocket in front of you and just grab one of these really quick. Just really quick. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to write your name and your email. That way we can follow up with you. And I'm asking you, will you commit to a life group this fall? If you don't even know the life group name or code, that's fine. You can figure that out. You have the entire month of September to figure that out. But, hey, I'm going to be in a life group. And you may go, bro, I'm busy. I'm telling you I'm busy. I I will log somewhere around 150,000, 100,000 sky miles, active sky miles this year. I fly to London in two weeks to study at Oxford prior to my doctoral studies. I am on boards. I've got to be in Boston. I've got to be in Atlanta tomorrow. I'm busy. I've I've got a family. I've got things going on. You may go, yeah, but this is your job. Just come and work with me for one week. The number one thing we hear from LLC students when they come in after their freshman year is what was the biggest surprise? The amount of work it takes to pull off what we do at Life Church." And I love it. Don't misunderstand me. I I love it. I don't want to be twiddling my thumbs. But I go, this is a value. So I'm in a life group. My wife's in a life group. We've hosted the the, the middle school life group here in Germantown for for, for students in our home. They almost burned my basement down last year. It's a whole other story for another day. you got to love Jay Hires. So I'm doing a life group. Tammy's doing a life group. This is valuable. I need 600 of you to be in a life group. That's what that means to move from this chair to that chair. Just check that box. Serving in an area of ministry. That's the second box. I'm not currently serving. Let's be honest. And I'd like more information. I'm willing to serve. Just check the box. What we're going to do is follow up with you. We're not going to haggle you. Listen, we don't have time to haggle you. We're not going to chase you we're going we're gonna to make sure that we followed up because that's one of my pet peeves. If I ask you to check a box and put it in here and you do that and nobody calls you. And listen, if you do that and nobody calls you, you call me. And you and I will show up at that staff pastor's office and we'll make sure this happens. But I am believing that this year, in order to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish, it's about people. we got to activate ourselves. We have to become active. And so that's my ask of you today. Will you? As far as the tithing thing, notice I don't have a checkbox on here because I don't need you to check a box. You know how to write the check or give the money. We're all mature adults here. You know whether you're tithing or you're not. So today, in just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do just that. Isn't that convenient? And you have a choice. But I'm telling you, if we are going to continue to be faithful with what God is giving us, which is people. People are the most appreciable thing we have. I'm not worried about money. Listen to me. I don't mean to be arrogant. I will walk down that street and money will follow. I have never been led by money. I don't negotiate money. I don't, it's just because God's either going to pay for it and do it or not. So I'm not asking you for more money. I need you to mature in your faith and move from that green seat to that gold seat and get your hands dirty and get involved in people's lives. And you may go, I don't need a life group. No, but a life group needs you. So today, I'm asking you to do that and then take this and put this in the offering as it passes.